0: Hey, Happy New Year. Happy New year. Listen, uh, New Year's is traditionally a time where you make New Year's resolutions. And, and it seems like the world kind of reflects on the positives and the negatives of the previous year. When I had cable, I remember they used to have shows like, you know, um, the the ins and outs of the year or the plus and the minuses, the... the Celebrity drama that has happened or sports events, the, all those things that people like to reflect on. It's, it's not a bad thing, but uh, I really believe as believers we should do just the same. Because it's significant that we're sitting here on the first Sunday of the year. It's significant in a sense that we have the same opportunity to reflect on what God has done in 2007. We need to reflect on all the victories that God has given us. Amen? Our growth uh, that has been given to us, His faithfulness, uh, the many miracles. If you remember in 2007 as a congregation, God did many miracles on Thursday nights throughout the summer. Remember that? We came, we gathered, we have afterglows and God moved radically and we should thank Him for it. You know why? Because it's biblical. It's right. Matter of fact, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, For in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you and for me. We should give thanks. And we're going to be given an opportunity as we uh, worship Him to to do just that. And we should. Amen? Amen. We should give Him thanks. But then equally, I, I believe it's important to reflect on our failures our inadequacies, our shortcomings, our uh, addictions, our patterns of bad choices. But understand, not in a sense of reflect on our um, bad habits uh, in a condemnation way, because if we've confessed our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? He's faithful to do that. So we're not bringing to remembrance those things that we've been forgiven of, but it's important to point out patterns that are ill so that we can have a resolution for them. In other words, in Romans 6, 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? No. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? God doesn't want us to continue in the patterns that we have as we uh, so often, and, and I speak for myself, give in to the flesh. So that's why I believe it's, it's, it's an important Sunday. In my opinion, as a pastor, I think it's an important Sunday because we can, we can reflect on the things where we need growth in. That's what I'm saying. Reflect on the patterns that are bad so that the purpose is that we may grow in them and mature, and find the true resolution of those bad patterns. You see the problem with New Year's resolutions is that they never work, right? They never stick because they're generated by human effort, and human effort will always bring about human results. And unfortunately most Christians take the same approach in regards to their spirituality. I see this not only in my own life, but in the people that I, I minister and in, 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 in the churches and abroad. That there's a tendency to remedy uh, their spiritual uh, floundering with human effort. And the problem with that is, is it brings a result of frustration. It brings a result of a lack of motivation. People just want to check out. People give up because... They want to do the right thing. And then even trying to respond to do the right thing by trying to do it in their own effort, they get frustrated. I don't know if you've ever been in that place, but I know I have. And so that's why we need to look at the past of 07 and identify where that has happened and make a uh, uh, a covenant, so to speak, to lean on the Lord and the spirit of the living God, because that is the true resolution, right? That's the resolution we need, because isn't it safe to say that our human efforts have already proven that they fail, right? We, we've proven that. We don't need to uh, expound on that much. But what I hope to do this morning is to expound a little more on what it means to walk in the spirit of the living God, because that's the resolution. That's the solution. That is the antidote that we need in our lives. And it's a good thing to look back and to see where we have failed the Lord, where we have fallen short, where we have gotten frustrated, where we have um, given in or given up, and ask the Lord to reveal to us how we can appropriate the spirit of the living God so that we might find victory in those areas that we might mature, that we might grow. Amen? Because that's the beauty of reflecting on uh, the, the previous year is at 07, there's an end, which means there's a beginning, which means we have been given by our gracious God a new beginning in 08, a clean slate in 08. You know what I'm saying? And that's a good thing. Amen. Starting fresh today. Here's some interesting facts in regards to the number eight. The number eight symbolizes resurrection and a new beginning. The number eight Noah's ark passed through the water, symbolizing death, but eight people came out of the the ark to begin what? The new beginning. In the Old Testament, it was on the eighth day if you were uh, given a son to take him to be circumcised and given the new name on the eighth day. I'm not trying to be superstitious or weird on you, but I'm trying to get us to, to just meditate and think upon this opportunity we've been given in a new beginning. To wipe this lake clean, to be encouraged, to be uh, blessed in a sense, knowing that God has given us breath today because He has a work for us in 08. We're not done because He has still given us this opportunity to serve Him. And so I'm proposing that collectively as a body that we would reflect together in where we have inadequacies and then be encouraged in where the Lord has us in our new beginning. Amen? And so the, the the resolution again is the Spirit of the living God and, and the importance of learning how to walk in the Spirit because it's the Spirit of God that will always lead us in the victory of God, it will always lead us in the direction of God. The Spirit of God is our answer. It is the resolution. And so... Uh, to look how to walk in the Spirit of God, we're going to turn to the Word of God. So turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says this. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these things are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. Happens to us often. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law nor the works of the flesh are evident. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are idolatry, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentiousness, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also have told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ, have been crucified, the flesh... With its passions and its desires. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen? Because that is the answer to our problems. The answer to giving into the flesh is the Spirit. There's a battle going on here. But what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? What does that mean to walk in the Spirit of God? Well, first it means that the Holy Spirit lives in you. You need to know that. Maybe some of you know that already. You need to be reminded because in this new beginning, it's foundational to your victory. And that is knowing that being a believer in Christ Jesus, the Spirit of the living God resides in you. Isn't that good? That's good to know. Matter of fact, turn your Bibles, or you may not have to, but Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. It says this, in him you also trusted. After you've heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Rightly said by Paul, to the praise of His glory, that the Spirit of God would be given to us, that the Spirit of God would reside in us, and it would be a sealed, and it would be signed, sealed, and delivered, that we are possessions of who? The Heavenly Father. And the Heavenly Father would send the Holy Spirit to be in us in an area of protection, that the Spirit would reside in us, And this is so foundational to your Christian walk because whenever there's an ambiguity, whenever you're not sure, I don't know if the Spirit resides in me, brother, sister, if you're saved, the Spirit of God resides in you. Amen? In other words, you've been given everything you need for life and godliness in the Spirit of the living God. Your inadequacies, your flesh, the antidote we've already come to the conclusion is the Spirit. And so if there's ambiguity or uncertainty of, well, I don't know if I have the Spirit of God. Well, if you're saved, as the passage indicates, that those who believe, those who believed in Him, this is what we have been given. I love that. I love that it says here that um, in believing We've been given a guarantee of our inheritance. There's no questions, right? There's no uncertainties. The spirit of the living God is in us. And listen, if you are confused and you're still not sure, then it's, a, it's possible that you're not saved. Today you can be Today, you can give yourself over to Christ. Today, you can see that, you know what? Gee, my life is filled with just uncertainties. It's filled with depression. It's filled with constant uh, giving into the flesh. Then you need to ask yourself, have you given yourself? Have you confessed and believed in your heart? Many people confess, but they don't believe in their heart. And, and Romans says that you confess With your mouth, but brothers and sisters, you got to believe in your heart. There's a lot of lip services. Anybody can say, oh yeah, I believe. But listen, there's a difference between just confessing with your mouth and believing with your heart. Amen? And maybe today God is calling some of you to stop confessing, stop word lip services, and it's time to get down to the nitty gritty and yield your heart over to the living God and allow the victory of this new beginning to start you out on the right foot. Second, what it means to walk in the Spirit, it means to be open and sensitive to the influence of the Holy Spirit. This also is very foundational. Some of you are very familiar with what I'm talking about. The Spirit of the living God residing in you. But also knowing that the spirit of the living god has been given to us as a helper a counselor turn your bibles to john 15:26 john 15:26 says but when the helper comes whom i shall send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you will also bear witnesses, because you have been given, uh, you have been with me from the beginning. And here, Jesus is indicating to his disciples, that the spirit of the living God, would be given to them as a helper. We also know in uh, in John 16, that uh, Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But I depart and I will send him to you. And and, in those terms, what we're talking about is the comforter, the Holy Spirit coming as a helper, one who would come alongside, or in the Greek parakletos, one who is summoned to your aid. Brothers and sisters. Do we need an aid? Do we need help? Do we need a counselor? Oh, yes and amen. We do all day long. Wouldn't you agree? Because for those of you who who would agree with me, yes, on my own merit, on my own efforts, I let myself down. I'm constantly fumbling. But in the spirit of the living God, we can believe because of the word of God says that if we walk in the spirit, we do not give in to the lust of the flesh. That's a promise. And so God being all knowing knew that we would try this juncture, but we couldn't do it alone. So that's why Jesus said, I will send you the helper. And that is what we've been given in the spirit of God. One who would come alongside us. Third, what it means to walk in the spirit. It means to pattern your life after the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because listen, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so we have to begin to pattern our lives. And how do we do that? How does he reveal this? Well, he does it through the word of God. Through the word of God. If you're still in John chapter 15, listen to what Jesus says in verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears what? Much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and withered. And they will gather them and throw them into the fire, and they will be burned. But verse 7 says, if you abide in me, and my what? My words abide in you. Listen, friends, you got to underline that right there. Because the key to walking in the Spirit of God is being obedient to the Word of God. They work in conjunction together. See, the Spirit is in us and coming alongside us, wanting to guide us. But He uses the compass of the Word of God. And they work in conjunction. If you try to read the Word of God apart from the Spirit of God, chances are you'll be frustrated. Chances are you'll get um, uh, lazy. Chances are you'll be like, oh, I read this already. You'll have that attitude. But when you balance it and you open it up and say, Spirit of the living God, help me. Because I know you're a teacher of all things. Teach me your word today. Because the Bible says that the Spirit of the living God is the teacher of all things. Not only is he a counselor. Not only is He one who comes alongside as a helper. But He's the teacher of all things. And so why wouldn't we open the Word of God and say, teach me, Holy Spirit, today. Guide me in your truth. Because apart from the Spirit, if we try to read the Word of God, we become like the Pharisees, right? We're reading it, but we're not doing it. What this world needs, what this church needs, is those who will be uh, not just hearers, but doers of the Word. Not just knowing the Word, but doing it what it says and so that's why as we talk about the importance of walking in the spirit of the living God we cannot miss this foundational point and that is the spirit of the living God as he's helping us will guide us as we abide in what come on church and what the word of God we got to get that point Because as the teacher of all things, He's going to teach us in regards to the Word of God. The Spirit also wants to influence us through others who walk in the Spirit. Listen. He influences us through others who walk in the Spirit. Let me elaborate on that. If there's areas in your life that you have struggles with and you've come to the Lord and, and the first thing you should always do, if there's ever any questions or if there's ever a situation that you're not sure of, you always go to the Word of God. It's important that you're abiding in the Word. That's always the solution. And then if you're still in that place where, you're like, man, I'm just unsure of this certain area in my life, then you know what? God uses the body of Christ to collaborate together as we are a body, to function together, to uh, encourage and hold each other accountable. And oftentimes people miss out on this because they're trying, in a sense, to do it on their own. Matter of fact, as, as we, we, we think about this, think about it. If, if you are uncertain about a certain thing, There, there's a way that we have as people to get the right answer from the right person. You know what I'm saying? If you're unsure about something or you need uh, um, someone to come alongside you and kind of give you some advice, if you want the advice you want, you can go to the right person and get the right answer that you want, right? How do I know this? Because <laughs> I've done it. But what I'm proposing to you is that you would be influenced by those who are walking in the Spirit. In other words, they're more mature in the Lord. That they're almost in, in a so they're like a discipleship aspect. That if you need count, if you need prayer, if you need accountability, you can't go to uh, the 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 person who you see is in the same place you are, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, at the, at the foot of the cross, it's level ground. But there's some who are mature in the Lord, and we should uh, utilize those. And what a blessing. This morning, uh, first service, we had a gal who came over, and that was her major issue. She says, I boxed out the church, and I, and I know I need help, and, I, and the Lord spoke to me today that I'm robbing other people of wanting to bless me because of my pride. Friends, this is no small point. As we walk in the Spirit, it's important to allow those who are walking in the Spirit to influence us, to help us on our way. When we're struggling with reading our Bible, when we're struggling in certain areas, we have to be willing to allow the Word and others that believe in the Word to help us. Here's a case in point. Wednesday mornings, we gather here with the men at 6 a.m. And about a month ago or so, there was a gentleman here with a, a major decision having to be made. Major decision. No little decision whatsoever. I mean, it was a big one. And so there was option A and there was option B. And as he sits down with me, he says, gee, I, I just need some counsel, man. Here's my situation, blah, 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 blah. And so here, here's my, uh, my proposed resolution. It's either A or it's B. And then he begins to articulate even more so. And I, and I could tell he was trying to persuade me to A, but I knew it was B. And so I even stopped him midway. I said, hey, bro, I got your answer. It's B. And the other gentleman who was with me, because there's three of us in this accountability, he said, yeah, the Lord said it was B. And he's kind of scratching his head going, oh, okay. I said, what does your wife say? B. I was like, man, fool, it's B all day long. Your woman already told you it was B. We're just here to tell you that it is B. And he's all, okay. And it, and, and it was obviously the Lord. I know this because the Lord testified to it. And brothers and sisters, there's going to be those junctures in your life where you have to be willing because remember, the flesh, man, it, it wants what it wants. But be careful when you try to start manipulating, you got to get the real transparency going on and be willing to be rebuked, be really willing to uh, to receive accountability. Amen. Let's move on. The spirit wants to influence us through the inner direction that we become more sensitive to and respond to better as we mature in Jesus. Uh, that's a long statement, but here is what I'm trying to get to. Because it's, it's, it's actually hard to articulate this. But what I'm trying to say is, as you mature in the Lord, as you grow in the Lord, as you abide in His Word, you become more sensitive to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. And that's what our Heavenly Father wants. See, because often on Sunday mornings or in other church settings, you hear a lot about the importance of abiding in Jesus and Jesus is, he is all that you have been told in regards to the word of God, but we can't as believers, we cannot neglect the intimacy and the relationship that we are to have with the spirit of the living God. See, the problem with the churches is the, the spirit has been given this mystic, weird situation because, because man has taken on what's its idea of the spirit has done things. And other churches just say, oh, spirit, no, we don't know. But brothers, sisters, we are to have an intimate relationship With the spirit. Because if we agree with all the scriptures that have been given to us. If the spirit of the living God is wanting to direct us. To help us to be obedient and abide in the word of God. Then wouldn't you say that it's important to have an intimate. Wonderful. Growing relationship with the spirit. Amen. We need that. Because in doing so we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We'll be able to enter into O eight. With victory, More victory. Don't you want more victory? Don't be satisfied with all the things of '07, all those areas of of, uh, <coughs> of uh, uncertainty or trage- tragedies or whatever whatever's plaguing you, man, whatever's pulling you down, whatever is shackling, whatever is grabbing a hold of you, man, you need to be broken free of that. Because we know and we have to agree that the Spirit of God is wanting to lead us in victory. And that's the blessed truth of Galatians 5 16. Let's turn back there. Last night I was up coughing all night, and now I got this. Now you guys got to deal with it. I'm sorry. You yeah, know, when you have this new voice, you're kind of like, I kind of like this new voice. Anyone else do that? When I see my woman and I, I'll be like, hey, baby. <laughs> but that's enough of that. Okay. <laughs> so, in our new beginning of what the Lord has given us in '08, man, we have to see that there is a battle that Paul's talking about here in Galatians 5:16 i say then walk in the spirit that you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these things are contrary to one another They don't co-mingle, they don't hang out, they're complete opposites. And so when we give in to the flesh, it will always lead us to destruction. But when we give in to the Spirit, it will always lead us to fruit, it will always lead us to victory, it will always lead us into the will of the Father. So here you have it, friends. You have the lust that will lead you to destruction and dismay. Or you have the Spirit of God that will lead you to the victory of God. Option A or option B, people. B all day long, amen? (laughs) B. It's that simple. Yeah, that's what I need. That's what we need as a church. That's what we need as individuals who believe in Christ Jesus. We need to yield more to the spirit of the living God that we might be the vessels that he's called us to be, that we might be all that he's called us to be because brothers and sisters, he has called you to works that he set before you and you, in order to walk in them, you have to be obedient to the spirit of God. What does God have for you in 08? Oh, aren't you curious? Aren't you curious? I mean, don't be satisfied with 07 or the past. Don't be satisfied. All things, have, they're old they are done. All things have been made new for you this morning. You can walk in them. And I hope that you're jazzed beyond belief. God, what is it that you have for me? And as indicated, God has given us the capacity. So he's called us to this great work. Or He's called us to this victory. He's called us to be who He's called us to be. But not only that, our gracious loving God would call us to this and then give us what is needed to do it. I just did a wedding. When was it? Friday. Friday I did a wedding and I love looking at the guy, the man and saying, God has called you to love her as Christ loved the church. And brother, you cannot do it on your own. You will not. It's a calling. It's a high calling. You can never meet that calling. But in the spirit of the living God, you can and you will if you're willing. If you're willing to yield to the spirit of the living God, then you will love her beyond belief. Because we don't have the capacity. Ask any man in here. To do it on your own. To, but you just fall short over and over. But it would be a mean God. If he said love her in a way that you can't. <laughs> that would be mean. <laughs> you read Ephesians 5. And you're like wow. That's amazing. To love her as Christ loved the church. That's, that's love beyond belief. But. He's given us the capacity to do so. Women. Likewise. He's given you the capacity to love your husbands, to submit to them in a way that glorifies and honors Him. The Spirit of the living God is the answer, amen? Amen. It's the answer. But listen, we got to learn as a church, we got to learn how to operate in the Spirit, and as we operate in the Spirit, we got to, ultimately, we got to battle. It's a battle, because it's not easy. It's easy for me to up here and preach and everyone's feeling good. Yeah, we need more Jesus. We need the Spirit. Yes. But guess what? The enemy's out there. And he wants you to just fail beyond misery and, and so to speak, just in your ears They See, doesn't work. But that's not the case. Not when you're abiding in the Word. Not when you're walking in the Spirit. That's the truth of God. Amen? And so the fact is is that there is a battle because as we read this text, Paul is setting it up like a battle. It's like, man, you got the flesh and you got the spirit. They don't like each other. It's on. And you need to choose today. You need to choose today as a responsibility on your behalf because listen, the spirit of the living God is wanting to do what the spirit wants to do. But God is not sending the Spirit of God to knock us over the head and to to control us uh, as a dictator. He's given us free will. And so there's a response that you and I need to have to the Spirit of living God. And that is to be able to look temptation in the eye because when the rubber meets the road, when you go home tonight, you got to be willing to say no. You got to be willing to say no and then call upon the Spirit of God. Right? You've got to be willing to say no. Just as Jesus would do so, as as, as I've quoted already, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We read that when Jesus spoke to his disciples as he brought them into the garden of Gethsemane, he wanted them to be strengthened, and to be strengthened he was telling them to pray, I believe, because he wanted them to have more insight into what was about to take place on the cross. But they failed the battle. And what was the results? They denied him. They ran and fled. Thanks be to God for new beginnings. He would still use those guys. But do you see how the battle that they failed was tragedy? Because in the hour of their Savior being crucified, they bailed on him. And I believe that he called them into that place of intimacy because he wanted them in their prayer to have insight. And that's how we gain insight. That there was a victory that Jesus wanted them to have, but they didn't get it because they weren't able to say, oh, sleepy body, stop being sleepy. Do whatever you got to do. Do push us, Do just run. Jump on your head. Do something. Because there's hours where God is saying that He's requiring the same of you. The Spirit is willing, saying, No, don't go there. You, as a human, need to respond and say, You're right. No. Just as Jesus at that same garden, He was in the hour of decision as well. That's why He said, Lord, if there be any other way. But He knew the answer to it was what? Nevertheless not my will but thy will be done that's what we need to do when we leave here in our hour of temptation in our hours of struggles in our hours of ambiguities our what was that word about <laughs> ambiguities in our hours of uncertainty, we need to call upon the Lord in our struggles and say, nevertheless, not my will. Lord, I want to go there. I want to smoke that. I want to drink that. I want to look at that. I want to fight with that. I want to do these things. You have to be willing to be transparent with the Lord, just as Jesus himself said, nevertheless, not my will. because He's what's that, what's that statement, Lord, if there be any other way? I mean, he was he was Jesus. Oh, thanks be to God that he didn't take any other way. Because his obedience led to our inheritance. And so that's why, as this new beginning emerges, we got to begin to purpose in our hearts to also be willing to yield to the Spirit and just say no. When, flesh, when the flesh and when sin comes creeping at your door. Amen? <coughs> but also, this is the last point I want to make this morning. This is this. In the battle, we have to be willing to starve the flesh. We have to be willing to uh, uh, maneuver ourselves in a place where the flesh doesn't get what it wants, right? When the flesh wants to get what it wants, if it's there, what's going to happen? I mean, it's the syndrome where you can't put a lollipop in a kid's face and say, you can't have this. No, don't put yourself in the position. That's why Paul so wonderfully, turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. He so wonderfully has given this, this idea in regards to the flesh, what we need to do. He says in, in, in uh, verse 12, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies, that you should obey its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you for you not under the law but under grace what shall we say then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace certainly not may it never be do you not know that those of you who present yourselves as slaves to obey you are that one slave Whom you obey. Whether it be sin leading to death. Or whether it be option B. Obedience leading to righteousness. Amen. Amen. That is foundational in this morning. For you in your new beginning. Identify where the flesh is getting its way. Identify where the flesh is taking over. And then... Present yourselves to the righteousness of God. Repent and get right. Be filled with the spirit of the living God so that you may go. And and, and as as, uh, we talk about enclosure of all this, the importance of strengthening ourselves in the spirit of God. As we're asking the Spirit of God to influence and direct us, there's sometimes there's some points where we need to ask for a subsequent feeling of the Spirit and that is the power, the, the resurrection power, the dunamis power. We also, as the Spirit of God is in us, as the Spirit of God comes alongside us, we have access to the resurrection power of the Spirit of God that rose Jesus from the dead. We have access to that. And there's going to be times where you need to call upon that access. You need to call upon the Lord and say, Lord, baptize me afresh right now. Temptation is overcoming me, overwhelming me. I need your Spirit's. I like, I like that text out of Zechariah 4, six. The word that came to Zerubbabel. He was a civic leader of Jerusalem. He had the responsibilities to finish the work of the rebuilding of the temple. And the work had stalled because he became overwhelmed. This is a great task at hand. What you have asked of me, Lord, this is grand. This is, this is crazy. And guess what the answer to the Lord was? from the Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. By my spirit, you're going to be able to do what was required of you. And friends, that was the calling upon his life, the calling upon your life, the calling to be more than a conqueror, an ambassador, an adopted son of the king, a soldier for Christ, a holy priesthood, all these things and more, all that you've been called to do, you have been given the power to do so. And there's going to be those overwhelming moments where you need a fresh feeling of the spirit of the living God. God, I'm feeling overwhelmed with the task. As a father, as a husband, as an employer, as a son of the king, as a conqueror, as an ambassador representing you. Lord, I struggle with these things. Don't you know, brothers and sisters, when you're out on the battlefield, you can call upon the power that rose Jesus from the dead. Amen? And you need to do so. Because it's been given to you, it's been granted to you. And so you should utilize it. Be mindful of it in 08 and watch to see how many more victories you get. Isn't that good to know? I hope you're encouraged with that because that's why it says in Ephesians 5, 18, do do not be filled uh, or do not be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And and that the tense there is be continually filled. There's a need for the believer to continually to be filled. That the, 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 the life of the Christian can so easily go dry. Man, tomorrow we could be in a position where we feel dry or overwhelmed. And you have to be able to call upon the living God and say, God, I can't do this. I need your Holy Spirit to baptize me afresh and anew. And guess what? He is not a mean God. He's loving and kind. And He will give you everything you need for life and godliness. Amen? So listen. What God has provided us in this text, in in the book of Galatians, He's provided us two sets of lists. One, A, option A, the flesh. One, B, a list of the spirit. And sometimes the works of the flesh, they seem overwhelming. But God is good enough and big enough to give us everything we need as we just talked about. And the spirit will always conquer the works of the flesh. And so I'm going to read that list again. Why? Because two reasons. One, we need to identify if any of these apply to us. Because if they do, we need to repent this morning. We, do, we need to acknowledge, yeah, Lord, anger, Outburst of wrath, that's me, all day long. Lord, help me. Already seen hands going up. So listen. Paul says, the works of the flesh, they're evident, which are adultery, which can be done with just the lust of the eye. Fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentiousness, Jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, rivalries. And just in case yours wasn't listed and the like. You're thinking, oh, my little thing wasn't on the list and the like. It is now. Now. And so the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Doesn't this world need more of that? Oh, it does. And doesn't this body need more of that? So this is what we're going to do now, friends. It's not going to get weird. It's not going to get crazy. It's going to get nutty in a sense of getting right. Because I believe in order for us to move forward, if there's an area where we need to repent, brothers, we need to repent. Sisters, we need to repent. Because if we just went through the list of the flesh and you're like, hey, I'm good. Well, then guess what? God provided the other list. Are you loving? Are you kind? Are you gentle? If anything, I know I need all of that, more of that. Self-control, all day long, Lord, help me. Baptize me afresh because what it's going to look like right now as we close is we're, we're, we're going we're to do what we need to do constantly in 08, and that is repent. Bring your Bible up here and go down the list and repent of anything you see on there, because in doing so, you, you, you put yourself in a position to now walk in the spirit of the living God. But let me tell you where there's a tendency in the church abroad, and that is to do uh, what I call a half repentance. Because repentance as we know it is identifying that we're heading in the wrong direction, whether it be yourself, the Spirit of God or God or other people saying to you, you're heading in the wrong direction. Well, we know repentance is confessing that and then making an about face, right? But that's where the church has lost it. They make the about face, but even in the military, if you're making an about face, it's for the purpose of going in that direction. See, where, where there's a disconnect is often people make uh, the assumption, oh yes, I'm going to confess, I'm going to make the about face, but they, they uh, lack uh, moving forward. Forward march is the next command. But if... If Jesus in, in his ministry, as he would begin his ministry, the, the very uh, message was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And that's where we need to go. We need to identify these things as we come forward. We need to confess these things. We need to make an about face. And then we need to walk in the spirit of the living God so that he is glorified and that we're able to have the victory that he's called us to. Amen. Amen. And that's what we can do here today. And I want to I even encourage you a step further. To do something that maybe you're not even comfortable with and, and in an 08, I think you need to be. Because repentance is a sweet word, remember? We talked about this a couple of months ago. Repentance is a sweet word because it's not us repenting of going the wrong way and heading in a direction that is in a mean way. It's heading in the directions of the arms of the father. The best analogy, the best picture, the best symbol of this is is the prodigal son. Having seen that he had gone in the wrong direction, what did he do? He headed back into his father's arms. And what did his father do? repeatedly kissed him, hugged him and restored him back to his proper place. That's what God wants to do here today. But guess what? I like to point out that the prodigal son, his actions spoke louder than his words, which the church today doesn't do very much. They like to repent. We like to do just mouth services. He allowed his actions to speak louder than his words. See, because his mere actions as he would head and walk into the father, as he, he, the father saw and acknowledged that, that that was the indication of repentance, that he saw his son's feet coming towards him, the action of that taking place already had touched the father's heart so much so that the father ran to him and grabbed him, embraced him and kissed him. And too often in our churches today that there is a repentance, but it doesn't come with action. And I would propose to you, let your action be prior to, uh, because that's exactly what the the prodigal son did. It wasn't until he embraced the action, had spoke louder than the words, and then it was the, the words that came after, as he said to his father, Father, forgive me, I've sinned against you, and I've sinned against God. And so what I'm proposing to you is maybe you need to get out of your seat. Maybe action needs to speak louder than words. Because when you get out of your seat, there's a physical movement that takes place that's humbling, degrading, everything you need for your flesh to be done away with. Because then you make a move. You're like the prodigal son. You're moving towards repentance, restoration, and... The work of the Lord as you walk in the Spirit. Why not let your feet do the walking and stop talking? You know what I'm saying? And because the prayer team, they're over here, they're not writing your stuff down. It's all about Jesus anyways, right? So don't let pride keep you in your spot. If you need to come forward, whatever you need to do, make some movement. Because in doing so, you're already indicating like the prodigal, Lord, I mean business. I mean business, Lord. I need more of you. Let's stand together. Lord, we give you this time together. And Father, I don't want not a single human in here to be manipulated by words, but that your spirit would draw us to that place because it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. And so, Lord, with that being the case, lead us. Draw us, heal us, empower us. Have your way with us. As we worship and give thanks, Lord, help us to be mindful. Help us to be mindful of the areas where we so often give in. We want more of you. So come. Come, Holy Spirit. We pray. In Jesus' name.